0: Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message. So let's go right into the message. So we will start in 1 Corinthians 15. And then before we start, let's just pray. So let's just pray, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this day, God, that you rose from the death, God. And we, we thank you, God, that you conquered death, Lord, as we, we see it as sin, God. You have conquered sin, all sin, all, all stuff in our life, God, you have conquered. And Lord, I pray this evening, God, that you will come and just come and establish in our hearts what you want to establish, God. Holy Spirit, come and minister. It says you minister to us, you remind us, and you comfort us. And so we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will come and do What only you can do and so thank you God for this word help me to be faithful Lord and help me to stay in line with your scripture in Jesus name amen Amen. so today we're talking about the resurrection which is quite obvious Um, it is the Easter Sunday and I was excited I was reading the new era I don't read newspapers that much Uh, I try to but I don't know where to start with them like so, But I was reading the New Era, and I was so excited because one of the pages, they, had, they, they did interviews with people on what did they think about Easter. And there's this whole um, um, guy who wrote on Easter, who is Jesus, and who is this, and who is this. And then I realized ha, there's something off when he concluded, because he says, we earn salvation by our works. And I thought, oh, man. I thought, this is so great. This is a whole public thing. Everybody can read this and see this, and God can be glorified, and He still would be. But there's this one error that says we earn our salvation by our works. And if we had to do that, then there's no need in celebrating this. There's no need in the work of the cross. If, if we can earn salvation, if we can get eternal life, if we can get the newness of life by works, we don't need to celebrate what Jesus did on the cross for us. But the resurrection is quite an interesting part of the gospel. Because we're most familiar, you can go to the, the first slide. People will see my, my notes there. Um, the resurrection is quite, it's, it's an interesting part because mostly when we refer to the gospel, we refer to the Christ on the cross and He dying for our sins. It's it's. It, it's really that, I don't know, when I share the gospel, when I tell people about the faith, it's, I hardly come to the part that I say, but He, he conquered death. I'm always at the side where I say that he, he died for your sins, therefore you had victory. But it's not true, He died for your sin, but because of the resurrection, there's victory. And, and the resurrection is quite something we battle with, because... When you refer to skeptics or atheists or Islam, for example, they will agree on the life of Jesus. So no one disagrees because the life of Jesus, His walk on earth is an historical fact. No one can disagree. If you disagree on if Jesus lived on the earth, you have your history wrong. And if He died under the hands of, I think, His pontus Pilate, you have your history wrong. He died under His hands. He was handed over by Him. But the point comes that Jesus really rose from the dead. Because that's where our faith is hanging on. If He didn't, in vain. Let me not get ahead of myself, but Paul says it in vain. He says, let's eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. There's no point of living. I don't see personally. I don't see the point of living if, if there's nothing after this. You know, imagine, imagine like going to university, but there's not no guarantee, but there's like you're just going to university and life ends. Like there's no jobs. You can't use it. There's no point of studying then. And the same when, when we look at the resurrection, if the resurrection wasn't there, there's nothing we can hope for. There's no future. There's, there's nothing we can celebrate. So everything that you experience with God is because the resurrection took place. Everything. But if it didn't take place, then there is great implications. And I want to talk about the implications. I pointed out three things that would not exist or that would not be present if Jesus never rose from the dead. What do you think they are? Answer in your heart. But there's three things that Christ, and, if, and these three things, because Christ rose from the dead, should be a great encouragement for us. It should be the reason why we live different lives, which is called radical lives. None of us should not live a radical life. I, I told Joanna the other day that I, I'm scared of living my life. Or I don't I think I told her, but I, I don't want to live my life looking back saying, I wish I've done that, or I wish I was more bolder, or I wish I, I did this. And there will be instances like this. You can't live everything to the hundred. There will be regrets in your life. But I want to live a life that's bold. And because of Christ's resurrection, there's three things that can be a great encouragement for us as the people of Christ and for those who are still coming to Christ, we can all hold on to this. So let's start there with the first point. This is not the first one, sorry. No. Yes. The gospel is of importance. So I just want to introduce the the chapter 15. Paul says, Now I remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you of first importance what I also received. So he says, Now I remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached, this is the gospel you received. This is the gospel by which, you, which in which you stand. You're standing firm because of the gospel we're preaching. You're an overcomer because of the gospel you're standing in. And then lastly, says, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. It was a bit confusing for me what it meant by unless you believe in vain. The King James says, if The King James says, if you don't keep what I preach to you in in memory, unless you believe in vain. So what he's actually saying, if you do not keep the gospel at the center of your life, you can end up believing in vain. I think it's the reason why people backslide, why people give up the faith, why people continue living in the sin, because they have replaced the gospel with themselves. So no longer is the gospel the center of their lives. Because if the gospel is not the center, it means Jesus is not the center because Jesus is the gospel. So they exchanged that and they made themselves. And he says if you don't keep the gospel, the thing that I preach to you, that I said is of first importance in your memory, in your life. So if you you don't do communion, because communion is a remembrance of what Christ did did for us, if you don't read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll not be reminded of what Christ has done for us. If you're not in prayer, if you don't preach the Gospel to yourself, you could drift. And the danger about this is that you can enjoy everything around Christianity. So you can enjoy saying, I can do all things through Christ to strengthen me. We just keep the first part, I can do all things. And we live a life that can do all things, but we have shifted From the gospel becoming the center. And that's normally when people try to run after deeper things. Let's go after deeper things. But the deepest thing you can have is the gospel. There's nothing deeper than it. That's why Paul said it's of first importance. When we ever replace it, we take Jesus off of the throne. We take him off of the center of our lives. So the gospel for you and me is of first importance. Because we receive it as first importance, we need to give it over of, as of a first importance. So are you handing over the gospel to others as of first importance? Are you transferring it, saying, I received this as first importance. I'm giving it to you because it is important. And so Paul says we need to remind ourselves of the gospel. We need to keep it in our minds. And this morning I was in the, in the first service as well. I, I listened to the first preacher. Then if I have some any extra notes, I can, I can put them in. Um, and then I take whatever I had. But all this is mine, so I didn't copy anybody's stuff this evening. Um, but, but when I was in the morning service, I was so reminded, because of the resurrection of Christ, He saved me. And again, I was so thankful for my life, so thankful for, for God saving me. Yesterday, I, I think it was yesterday, um, Saturday, yeah, yesterday I was at campus, and when I started talking, I, I shared with them how thankful I am for my salvation, because my life before salvation was terrible. And I told them that I don't share it, so just keep me like I am, just look at me the way I am, because the moment I share it, you could have a different outlook on me, um, but if not even, I told them, not even my house knows, not even my family knows what I've done in my past. So imagine, it's between me and the Lord and my accountability partners. Um, those are the guys who know my past. <laughs> but one day I'll share it. I share it in pieces. But I don't share it, it all together. It's too much for people to handle. So I share it in, in sections. Because you see, I was, I was, let me tell you, last, I, there was a time I was, I, was, uh, I was with people. And you know the people... They talk about saying, can somebody do that? Can somebody actually execute something as terrible as that? And then I was the one who did those things. And then you know, they're, they're talking about me. And, 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 and then I go home and I'm a bit discouraged because I feel so, oh man, you know, can, how could I have been so bad? But the Lord saved me and it's all because of His resurrection. I know you're very curious uh, at this point of what happened in my past, but... It's not of need and not of importance now. This is not of first importance for us this (laughs) evening. So, what is the significance? What is the significance of the resurrection of Jesus? Three things. What is the significance of the resurrection of Jesus? The first thing is Christ's resurrection ensures. Christ's resurrection ensures our regeneration. So Christ's resurrection ensures our regeneration. Two slides on. I skipped that one point. So Christ's resurrection ensures our regeneration. So if there was no resurrection, there was no regeneration. Meaning there was no salvation. You cannot be born again. You cannot receive eternal life. You cannot experience the newness of life. We cannot say we'll put on the old self I will put off the old self and put on the new self. Nothing like that exists if there was no resurrection. And in 1 Peter, 3, 1 Peter 1 verse 3 to 4, it says that, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. From the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So, if there was no resurrection, if there was no resurrection, if Christ did not rise on the third day, there was no salvation. Nothing. You couldn't experience the newness of life. You couldn't experience the old being gone. We we couldn't be raised with Christ from the dead. Paul even said it, if if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ didn't even resurrect. So he says there's, there's no salvation. He says even, Paul says even if Christ wasn't, if He didn't resurrect, our faith is in vain. We are misrepresenting God. In Corinthians 15, somewhere there, he says, we are misrepresenting God if if, if Christ didn't rise from the dead. We cannot experience what we are experiencing here tonight if Christ didn't rise from the dead. We could now just put this to an end and say, let's all go home if Christ didn't rise from the dead. But we, we, we elevate that Christ was dying for our sins and He was on the cross. But what we should be celebrating is that He rose from the dead. Because that is why you, could be, you, you received salvation. And it is why if you, haven't been receive, if you haven't received salvation, why it is made available. It is because of Christ's resurrection. So now we can say the old is gone. The new has come. Now we can say that we are resurrected with Christ. Now we can say we can sing that song and we are overcomers. We are overcomers because Christ rose from the dead. We can say we are born again and we can say we experience the newness of life. See, if Christ didn't die, there was nothing to hope for. There's nothing new. If you really have tasted the newness of life You should be in your heart experiencing, man, I'm glad He rose. I'm glad He rose. Because if I look at how He has been sustaining me by grace, I'm glad He rose. If I could look what He has forgiven me from, I'm, I'm so glad that He rose. So the first point is, Christ's resurrection ensures our regeneration. Second point is, Christ's resurrection ensures our justification. If Christ wasn't resurrected, you were still liable for your sin. You were still going to be punished by the wrath of God for your sin. If, if He didn't rise from the dead, your sin is upon you. It is going to be your responsibility. And let's, let's just take for a moment. So maybe you grew up in a Christian home. Because, yeah, like if, 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 my ch- if, if I had to have children... And I use this explanation. I wouldn't want them to experience my life first. I would want them to grow up in a Christian home and serve the Lord from a very young age. But we all have sin. So imagine, let's just take away categories of sin for a moment in our imaginations. So take it away and think of the sin that you dislike the most that's happening in the world. So whether it's death, whether it's rape, whether it's stealing, whether it's lying, whether it, whatever, gets you, whatever gets your heart a bit... A bit sour, a bit uh, um, sorrow, like you, you get sad about it. And, and, and get that emotion in you right now. So think of it and then think of what do you experience or how do you feel about it. And then whatever sin you have done, put that sin of yours into that feeling. Because it's the same feeling. So when we sin, it's the same thing. And imagine, so, so if, if Christ didn't die, you couldn't have been released from that. Whatever you're feeling, you you would have been guilty for that, what you're feeling. So you cannot be justified. You cannot be made saying, what you have done has been taken away from you. See, because when Christ rose from the dead, the Father approved His work. He says, now it's complete. When Christ rose from the dead, God approved Christ's work here on earth. He approved it. He put a stamp on it saying, it is cleared. Now you can continue. Now everybody can be justified. Because Christ's full payment of the debt of, uh, the debt of sin is sin which liberates us, the believer, from all divine condemnation. The act of God's declaring men free from guilt. Uh, sorry, what justification is, is the act of God's declaring men free from guilt and acceptable to Him. So if Christ has justified us, think about that. If Christ has said you are justified, you, you, you are made righteous, you are in right standing with Him. If The moment you are born again, you are justified. You are in right standing with Him. How is it that we can still continue in sin? How is it that we still want to live a life of sin? So I, I don't want to focus on overcoming all your trials and tribulations because those, those are not the issues I'm, I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about that we understand that we have overcome sin. Because Paul sums it up and we'll see it right at the end. He says that the sting of death is sin. Sin is the thing that kills us. You should not be fearing when you die after 80 or 90 years. You should be fearing the sting of death, which is sin. You should be fearing your life if it's full of sin. Your, and let me emphasize intentional sin. Especially if you, if you, if you have sin that you intentionally do and you know this is wrong, but you continue in it. You continue in it. That is, this, that is what we should be fearing. But you don't need to because Christ has justified you. He has made you clear. You know when, when you don't want to stop sinning, it's like the prison gates has opened, but you tell the people, uh-uh, I don't want to remain. I want to remain in the prison. I want to remain in here. I like it in here. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So imagine you are justified and they say that you can be released from prison and you tell them, there's no way. I want to remain in prison. I want to remain in sin. I want to remain in the thing that Christ overcame. I want to stick with that. That's better than His resurrection. See, so Christ justified us because of the resurrection. So we move from guilty to innocent. We move from guilty to innocent. Therefore, there's no need to live in sin. Will there be temptation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't miss that. Let I me mean not not uh, testing. Testing is okay. You can face testing. I don't care about that, but temptation is what we should be watching out to. Because see, testing wants you to succeed so God can get glorified. But when you get tempted, it wants you to fail. Temptation wants you to fail. It wants you to become feel guilty, but you're righteous. It wants to convey. It wants to revert. It wants to change what you, who you really are. From justified to guilty. That's all that temptation does. And that's all that sin does. Because there's no more power in it. Because you are overcome. If you are in Christ, if you are born again, if you love Jesus, not by mouth, but by heart, you have overcome the world. You have have been justified. And you are made righteous. In right standing with God. There's no need for intentional sin. And there's no need for... I don't know about accidental sin, but you don't need to do intentional sin accidentally. I don't know if you can (laughs) talk about it like that, but we we all make mistakes and we we all will sin for the rest of life, but you don't need to do it intentionally. There's no way. There's no way that you need to do it intentionally or think it through. And that's where Psalms... Actually, distinguishes sin, this is a different topic, but he, he talks about inequities and he talks about transgressions. Now, one of them is intentional and one of them is like, um, like you have thought it through. You have thought, okay, today, on this day, I'm going to kill this person. That's one of them is transgressions or inequity. I just don't know which one it is. But those are the sin we're referring to. It's like, don't do intentional sin. You're justified for sin. You don't need to live in it. So the moment you even come, I, I, I label them accidental sin. So don't justify yourself in, in doing sin. But, but the moment you catch yourself in a moment of sinning, you can just repent there. Say, I'm justified. That's not me. It's not who I am. And you need to tell yourself that. You need to tell yourself when you, when you battle sin, when you fight sin, you tell yourself, that's not me. It's not who I am. It's not my identity. It's not, it's not who I am. I, I'm an overcomer. So do not remain in the prison. The last part, and I hope this part encourages you. Christ's resurrection ensures we will receive perfect resurrection bodies. So Christ's resurrection ensures we will receive perfect resurrection bodies. And Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 was defending all of this. He was defending Christ's resurrection. He was defending the resurrection of the of the of the dead, and he was re- uh, defending the resurrection of the bodies. And if Christ didn't die, there was no resurrection of the bodies. It says, "So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable; what is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor; it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness." It is raised in power. It is sown and it is sown a natural body, it is raised in a spiritual body. If there is no natural, if there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body, for, for, this, for this perishable body must put on imperishable, and this mortal body must be put on immortality. So the resurrection of the dead means... That when we die, we get resurrected as bodies. But if there was no resurrection, it means that there is no imperishable body. There is no honor. We'll stay in dishonor. We will not be raised in glory. We will not be in power. So some say, they they asked actually about the resurrection of the body. Will we keep our scars the way Christ kept His scars? So we'll... If you have one arm or you were cut here, will you keep your scars in the resurrection body? And the answer is probably no. I think it will be made new. It will be a new body in glory and in power. But that's what we can look forward to. If if there was no resurrection, there is no resurrection of the body. Meaning there's no life beyond this life there's no, then your body will just perish and that's the end of life as some people believe. They believe when we die and that's the end of life. But for us, if, if you believe in Jesus and the resurrection of the body, then there will be a new life and a new body at the end of this life. And as simple as this point is, I cannot stretch it more. I think it's, it, 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 it is what it means. Like the scripture defines it. But this is something that should keep us going. Is that looking at the trials and the tribulations of this life, saying, I can't wait for the day that I cannot get sick. I cannot wait for the day that there is no more hardships. But just praising of the Lord. I, I cannot wait for the day where my body is, is, it, it is dishonor now. It is, it is subject to... To, to pain and to tiredness and to sickness, but to a place where it's in glory, to a place where it's in power. And that's what we look forward to. And I think that's why Paul told the guys, you gotta remember this. You gotta remember this. Because the moment you, you neglect this, you get numb to the gospel. You forget about what Christ really has done for you you'll stop preaching the gospel to yourself. And if you have not done it, do it tonight. Telling God, Lord, you died for me. You were buried and you rose and therefore I am who I am. Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And these three things, should the resurrection of Christ should encourage us. Because imagine, just take the other side, if there was no resurrection of the bodies. Again, I say, I'm not sure. I would be the first to say, I'm not sure if I would want to live the life if there was not something that was heading, what was coming for me. I'm not sure. And I've shared it many times with people when I share the gospel. I'm not sure if if I would want to live. I would be like Paul and say, let me eat today and and drink because tomorrow I would would like to die. Because this life is hard at times. There's a lot of trouble. There's a lot of sick things. There's a lot of stuff that just makes us... I I just saw before I came to church the the blasting in Sri Lanka. I don't know who you saw it. Three churches. Imagine that. So if there's no hope, the only thing that keeps my heart encouraged to those things is saying, Lord, I hope all of them are with you. I hope all of them are spending eternity right now with you as we are preaching this message. And that's all what we had to hold on to. But the moment we move the gospel, what Paul says, remind. So the, the, the being born again, being justified, and the end, the, the hope that is coming, the imperishable, the glory and the power. The moment we move this, it's when we want to start giving up. It's when we, wanna, we don't see the hope because we don't see the end. We don't understand where we're heading when we don't understand what God has done for us already. So there's something He has done now, which is resurrected, that offers us um, re- regener- uh, born again, and that offers us justi- uh, justification, and then what's coming is the risen of our bodies. Perfect. Who of you would enjoy it? If you don't want to enjoy that, man, that's, that's going to be the ideal life for all of us. And that's what you that's the reason why I will encourage you continuously is to continue preaching the gospel to yourself. Let it remain in your life as of first importance, and hand it over as of first importance, because the gospel exists because Christ rose from the dead. If Christ doesn't rise from the dead, it's like getting an iPhone or getting a phone, but they don't give you the charger. There's no life. You can have the phone so we can hold on to the cross and we can hold on to Christ being buried. But if He never came out of that grave alive, we remain dead in our sins. We remain dead in our sins. Our hearts are far from God continuously and will never draw near to Him. But because of the resurrection we can draw near to Christ. So how do we respond to this? How do you respond? This is the attitude that you have to pick up. It says, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Paul concluded the whole chapter with this sentence saying, your labor is not in vain. Why? Because he says, if Christ didn't resurrect, our labor is in vain. He says, and he comes to a conclusion, say, Christ did resurrect, your labor is not in vain. Whatever you're doing now is not in vain. If you're saved, if you're born again, and you're laboring, whether in your work in, your, in, in, the, in, the, in the corporate or, or the secular world, you're laboring for God. And that laboring there, doing your work in the office, excellent, is not in vain. Christ is receiving glory from do you doing your work correctly. Christ is receiving glory when you share the gospel as of first importance. Christ is receiving glory when you uh, overcome sin in your life. And Paul says, therefore, my beloved, therefore, my beloved, I say to us this evening, therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the good work of the Lord. Do not stop doing the good work of the Lord. When you're at work and you think to yourself, how is this good work? Do it for the Lord. If you are challenged on a day by day by tribulations, take it on and do it for the Lord. Overcome it, saying, Lord, it's for your glory. Many times when we we face the hardships of life, we say there's something, there must be something wrong. No, there's nothing wrong. You're just being tested. You're just being tested. Paul encouraged the guys to endure, not to give up. He he told them to endure, not to question themselves. Told them, push forth. And because of the resurrection, and because we are overcomers, because our labor is not in vain, we can do this. We can continue with good work, and we are, not we can, you are steadfast. You are immovable. You are, your good work is in you. If you're in the Lord and your labor is not in vain if you're in the Lord. If you're in the Lord, if Christ lives in your heart, your labor is not in vain. That should be, I want to say, your identity. Who am I? I'm steadfast. What shakes me? Nothing. Because I'm immovable. What do I do? I do good work for the Lord. That's what I do on a daily basis. I do good work for the Lord. Wherever you work, May that be your attitude. And my labor is not in vain. God is giving, getting glory whenever I work. Amen. So let's live lives that we don't need to look back and say, yes, I wish I did that. Or, I wish I did that. But because Christ is risen, we overcome. And You overcome. And that's why words is so important. That's why we emphasize on reading the Bible. Because it says, in the tongue lies the power of life and death. See, we need to speak life into ourselves every day. That's why preaching the gospel is crucial. It's crucial for you personally to preach the gospel to yourself. To tell yourself about what Christ has done on the cross for you. And and, and the result of Him rising from the dead. How has that affected your life? And you pray that, and you preach that to yourself. And then when you, you, you hand over the gospel as of first importance, maybe you're a bit shy, so if you have a dog in the house, preach it to the dog and lead the dog to the Lord. Or if it's the couch, preach it to the couch and lead the couch to the Lord. Or when you're cooking, whatever you may be doing, may you preach the gospel. May you preach the gospel, because that's what we need to hold on to that, because that's the reason why there is salvation why there is justification and why we have a hope to come. So if you're in a time of saying, man, my life is hard, you're an overcomer. Your identity is an overcomer. We do not shrink back, but we overcome the world. And therefore, we are so grateful for, for the resurrection of God. And we know, I know we preach it on Easter, but it's a message always to be preached every day. We don't, we don't forget that. And you can go into other things of Christianity and you can enjoy them, the blessing of God, but never remove the core. Keep the center, the sanctity, which is Jesus. The gospel is, He is the good news. And we always want to hold on to Him so that you don't shrink back, so that you don't give up on the faith, but you rather bring people to the faith that gave up on the faith, saying Jesus is the hope of all of us. Let's just rise and pray. Lord, I think of your word that says that we, we didn't come with wise and persuasive words. Father, and I I was so convinced, Lord, that this message cannot be preached with wise and persuasive words, God. It's a simple truth. And Father, I know that our heart sometimes is the human, Lord. We, we just tend to lean and say, God, but we want more than the, the simple gospel. But Father, I pray that you come and affirm us again that your gospel is everything. And everything without your gospel is nothing. God, wherever your gospel, wherever you, Jesus, is not the center. In vain we labor, Lord. But Lord, I thank you that this evening, God, that we are overcomers. Lord, because you rose from the dead and we are assured in our hearts that that is what happened, Lord. As you, 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 you presented yourself to over more than 500 people, Lord. You showed yourself to Paul, God. And you have showed yourself to us who have received salvation, God. Say, blessed are those who have seen you and believed. But there's a greater blessing on those who have not seen you and yet believed. So, Lord, I thank you for your blessing upon us. And God, I pray that whoever is facing hardships, Lord. God, whoever, whoever, whoever is facing a sin that they are continually living in. God, I pray that you come and tell them, I overcame that. Go, Lord, tell them in their hearts that you overcame the sting of death. And Lord, that we can live a life of victory. And Lord, lastly, I pray that your gospel is of first importance. God, I pray that it will never leave our minds and our hearts and God, I pray that we will hand it over as of first importance. Father, and I pray that we will never get numb to your gospel, Lord. God, that once we have received for salvation, God, we forget and we chase after all the other things that you provide, God. But may we keep the balance, God. May we always share the gospel and we may, always, may we also live in the fullness of your blessing. So God, I thank you for your power. God, I pray that you remind us on a daily basis. We are born again because you rose. We are justified. Lord, you look at us and you say, you guys are justified. You're righteous. You're righteous. Death has no more hold on us. There's no more hold on us. But uh, um, victory has swallowed death. And so God, I thank you, Lord, that you just be with us as we just enjoy one more holiday god and as we go back to work lord i just pray that you you just bless us lord god may we continue in your grace your kindness god and may we experience you on a daily basis lord may we be intentional about reading your word god and meditating on it god father may we get it into our hearts and may we obey it at all times in jesus name amen Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.